Welcome to the Let's Wrestle podcast with Dan and Nico. I am Nico. Dan is over here. He's chilling. Alrighty. <laughs> and Screaming Nick is back. Uh, no is whispering. Back. No more whispering because that was that was annoying. <laughs> I don't like to whisper, especially when I get heated about some shit. And so let's go ahead and talk about some stuff that could get us heated. I don't know. I don't think so. It I'm might. Going I'm going in impartial. I don't care. Ooh, okay. I know who you're picking, though. <laughs> yeah, so, we know. Let's just talk about what happened two weeks ago, because we didn't get to talk about this uh, last week. Kenny Omega and the Elite made their, I guess, their Dynamite debut uh, two weeks ago at this point um, against Pac and the Death Triangle. I don't know why I said Pac. Now I guess they're just the death triangle. There's no real one leader. I, I, I don't see it at least. So just to put some weird context on this, Kenny Omega, before that uh, Night of Dynamite came out, he was, uh, I guess, he did an interview, I believe, with Sports Illustrated. And in the interview, he was telling people to pretty much just, there's not much that anyone can say about the CM Punk, Elite, Backstage Brawl. Just forget about it. They, no one can talk about nothing. So there's no point in asking for anything. Blah, 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 blah. Basically telling you, shut up. Just watch the wrestling. No one's going to talk about this ever. You're not going to get no satisfaction. Fast forward to Wednesday night, two weeks ago in Chicago. The elite make a spectacle. Um, I wouldn't say of themselves, but of the night. Just for the fact that they're in Chicago, they're going to get booed by everyone. Um, I mean, as they would. It's like it's like a Washington uh, Commanders fan being in Dallas Cowboys Stadium. That motherfucker is going to get booed by someone or another. Anyways, um, so within the match, we get Kenny Omega biting. I don't know who it was. Was it Pac? Uh, yeah, it was Pac. Biting Pac kind of, you know. Tongue in cheek, laughing about the whole ACO shit about him biting them or biting Kenny Omega. Um, I'm not sure exactly what else they did. I know the for sure though, Kenny Omega also does a go to sleep, and also he thanked Kenta for that move. Um, I mean, it was Kenta's move, but still, CM Punk is the one who's synonymous with that. Um, with that being said, though, Kenny Omega saying, "Hey, man, be quiet. We're not going to talk about it," but then just to turn around and go into the ring on Wednesday night and just start getting heat from the crowd. Um, do you think this is significant? Do you think this means or kind of indicates that this is a work or do you think that they're just trolling the fans uh, because they were in Chicago? Um, I would hope that it is because it's a work now. Um, maybe it wasn't a work like the whole brawl, you know, whatever the fuck happened, all the speculation, but maybe recently they, kind of came to terms of hey we could maybe make some money here and just kind of let bygones be bygones or at least just keep it professional um so that both sides can win and make some money right and the company of course but um if not if they're just fucking doing this to mock the whole situation which made their company look bad which i might add their evps um then it's just fucking weird like, it's kind of embarrassing, too, if you think about it. If you just don't see them as wrestlers on this show, and you just see them as 
what they actually are as well, being EVPs um, of the biggest competitor WWE has at the moment, the closest we've seen since the 90s. So, Yeah, it's still not as close as the 90s, but okay. Well, I mean, not maybe not. No, absolutely not. Not to that level, yeah, right? But yeah. I'm saying the closest thing that's happened since then, TNA was... TNA, which actually had like 2 million viewers usually uh, whenever they were getting Hogan and all that shit, but... Um, they had a million. I don't think they really broke two. They had a million. They were actually making about 2 million. Uh, I actually did see this. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but the thing is, it was also still a not the same kind of time as like in the 90s where everybody was on television, you know, fucking 5 million viewers a night for a show like this. Um, but still, um, it still was a bit of a different time in like 2010 or whatever, as far as like television, I feel. Yeah. Um, but AEW just feels bigger to me than fucking TNA. Yeah. Um, I agree. Cause TNA was like on soundstage and shit. And right. so it didn't really have that big feel like an arena, like that AEW usually is, is in, um, for all the right. shows. So yeah, definitely TNA, uh, AEW does feel a lot bigger. Uh, I would have to say though, <laughs> um, now I'm just being um, skeptical about the whole thing being a work. Um, it can definitely, like this could definitely turn into a work and I'm cool with that, but I don't think them doing all this makes it a work. I think it was just cheap heat, to be honest with you. Like if they weren't in Chicago that week, they wouldn't have done none of that shit. You know what I mean? Like, for the fact that they were in Chicago, they were in front of CM Punk's fans, they were getting booed, of course they were going to do shit about CM Punk just to get the fans even more pissed off. They also couldn't ignore it. I mean, it was just fucking loud since the moment that they fucking came up on the screen like, oh, this is the match tonight. I could hear the boos. And as they were coming out, I was like, this is going to be bad. How are you going to ignore this fucking ruckus crowd that they are. That's how I see it. Like, I don't, I don't see them as like, I don't think they're taking digs at the situation. I think they're more taking digs at the fans and just kind of pissing them off. Right. Cause all those fans, CM Punk fans, and they know what happened backstage or like, they know the story. I won't say what they, they knew what happened backstage, but they know the story about what happened backstage. Um, so that kind of makes me feel like they weren't necessarily, um, pushing it to be a, a story or trying to make fun of the situation, but more or less just do it. Just it's cheap heat, just getting the people pissed off. It's like them being right. in, and I'm gonna pick up, pick up Dallas because I, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Them being in fucking Arlington or whatever, and them talking shit about Dallas Cowboys. It'd be yeah. the exact same thing. So that's how I feel about it. You don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden, one week, CM Punk's, you know, finally seen after that fucking brawl, you know, commentating or whatever, and then, like, what, the next week, Bucks and Omega are fucking back, and they're doing this shit, so, um, I don't know, man, it it might already be a work as we're speaking right now, so, yeah, we'll see. How long ago was that CM Punk thing? That was a little bit before the AEW pay-per-view? Dude, that was, didn't we talk about that like two weeks ago on, on the show? Oh, yeah. No, two episodes ago? I think so. Um, yeah, we did. Yeah, Butters was definitely on the, the, that episode. So, yeah, like two episodes ago. 
So, yeah. and the pay-per-view happened that weekend. It was going to happen yeah. that weekend. So and we they were, were calling out the fucking chance um, in the pay-per-view too. Like, you could see them also. So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, but there's other things that uh, it does seem. So, Alvarez, um, you know, on dirt sheets, um, highlighted that AEW really does want Punk gone from the company for good. Then they can just release him. Punk wants to buy out. Why would AEW want to buy out? Uh, fire him is what he said. Basically, um, AEW isn't interested in doing a buyout, but I don't know. Like, is it Punk? Punk's wanting the buyout, or AEW doesn't want the buyout? Uh, I don't know. I think the issue is the the clause is what I heard that uh, he won't be able to wrestle anywhere else for like two years, which is fucking ridiculous. I mean, but does he want to even wrestle anywhere else? Like. Triple H has already said that you know he's always open to business uh, about a situation like that. So you never know, man. You never know. But I think I wouldn't say Vince would have probably been more down for this. But nah, now that I think of it, I think Triple H would do it, bro. Like that's money, you know. It is, and I mean, who knows? Imagine the guy that. Everybody knew he had fucking beef with and had some of his last words to say to, you know, anybody in that company before he fucking left. Telling him, you know, I don't need to fucking work with you. You need to work with me. Imagine Triple H is the guy that brings him back and maybe they kind of mix this in like as his storyline return. It could be fucking great. So I don't know. It could be great. But do you think that that it, it would be a situation where Punk would have to do whatever he's being told at that point? No, like big star treatment. Not not super big star treatment. I'm not saying he's not gonna get like a good, like no good treatment. But I'm just saying it isn't. I don't think if he were to come back, he's gonna be like world champion again. I don't. It would have to be something like he doesn't need it. I think if I don't, I don't think he needs it either. I don't think I think his time has passed. Honestly, within WWE to be a champion. Right. Um, I think if he were to become champion again in WWE, if he were to go back, it would have to be more organic. And right. the crowd would have to get behind him. Cry similar how it was uh, summer, was it 11, 12? 11. 11, summer of 11. So, yeah. Uh, CM Punk were to go back, I do not see him. I can see him probably facing the champion, but just not winning it. I don't. I don't know. Definitely gonna sell that fucking oh you know is CM Punk gonna be the champion again or whatever they'll definitely do that, but he doesn't have to win it because WWE doesn't need him to be the champion. AEW needed him to be the champion or somebody of his caliber, so that's why I felt like it, it, it's a big difference. It's you know different ballpark, but hey, they could bring him back like a Brock Lesnar deal, man. I mean. Work, you know, only a limited amount of dates. Keep him special. Not like in AEW where sometimes you, even you said he was wrestling every fucking week, you know, so. Yeah. That was probably we'll an see. issue, though. He shouldn't have wrestled every week. Um, right. All right. And just to fan a little bit more CM Punk stuff. So a lot of shit come out after the fact. CM Punk was not good for the company. Um, people said that. He just had a, a, an old school mindset that just wasn't right to fit with AEW. Um, person who will, of course, go to bat for CM Punk, um, a guy in one of the greatest tag teams around today, 
Dax Harwood had this to say about CM Punk. I'm just going to cut a little bit. Um, he had his door always open, invited people in, watched matches of the young wrestlers that asked him to, stuck around until the end of the show, and anybody that had questions, he would answer the questions. He loves wrestling. He, again, just like me, un- unabashedly is a professional wrestling fan. Um, so, you know, big props from from Dax Harwood. And, and he never shied away from saying CM Punk was, you know, um, a great guy to have around. Um, of course, why wouldn't you want a, a big name like that um, in AEW? So he had his issues with Hangman Page, right? right. Hangman saying things, um, you know, within in, in interviews that he doesn't quite listen to advice. Like, he'll listen to them, but at the end of the day, he's going to do what he wants to do because he is stubborn. And so that got a lot of flack from Punk. Um, him going into business for himself, of course. Uh, got into Punk's, um, you know, got Punk pissed off. But do you feel that maybe even him calling him out after the fact because the like I still don't understand the disrespect of him saying like, oh, I don't listen, I'm stubborn. I I understand why you would get upset, but would you really need to get that upset as he did? I know Dax Harwood saying that he's there to he was there with open doors. Just because someone didn't listen to you, you're gonna treat him like that. You know what I mean? If that's what it was. That's all speculation, of course, but still. I mean, look at what Dax Harwood is saying. And think about who's saying it, of course. So, I feel like... Don't you think that Dax Harwood is a stand-up guy? I mean, I'm pretty sure... Right. So, you, you believe what he's saying here. And also, think about the issues that... Uh, the people that have had issues with Punk, Page, The Bucks, Omega. I think Eddie Kingston think about, also... Well, Eddie Kingston has a problem with everybody in the locker room, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, which is crazy. Uh, I feel like sometimes it could be a work, but uh, now I'm starting to realize he actually fucking has beef with a lot of people. I think he what he says is what what he really thinks. I feel he 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 seems like a real dude. Like whatever he's saying out there, he he, he means it. And no wonder he's in his forties and still has not made it to the WWE. Oh, um, so now you want to talk shit about him after you're like make him champion. I mean, uh, I'm not saying his work, man. His work is tremendous as far as on the mic. I love him as far as that. But backstage, when it becomes an issue, which we've talked about uh, it with yeah. Punk, yeah, it can lead it can lead you away. And apparently that has happened to him uh, over the years. But anyways, going back to what we're talking about here, um, Omega, Page, Bucks, whatever. Think about what they represent in the wrestling business, whether if you're a fan or not of the style. Um, think about what they represent, and then think about what Dax Harwood, a guy like him, represents. That old school wrestling, you know, fucking four horsemen. You think of the Midnight Express or whatever. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know where you're going with that. I- I'm just saying that Dax Harwood can relate with a guy like CM Punk, who takes the business seriously, and the people that don't. Which I've been saying, the Bucks, Page, Omega, you know, that fucking style. You you know how I feel about it. So, you don't think it's a fucking coincidence that they have an issue with Punk, who is the complete opposite when it comes to the business? I mean, that's where the tension would start, I would feel. 
Yeah, of course, you're going to have tensions of people having different ideas of how wrestling is supposed to be. But at the end of the day, you should be able to be like, well, I mean, let's go ahead and do the best that we can together um, as wrestlers, wrestlers have done in the past to do business. So but they don't take this seriously. They do take it seriously in a different way. They just view wrestling and how to tell a story in the ring differently than what CM Punk would do. I mean, just because you think that they don't take wrestling seriously because they wrestle a different style doesn't mean they don't take wrestling seriously. The style that I believe, and I know you don't believe it, but the style that I believe makes the business look even more phony. And, of course, we already know that it's fucking predetermined. We understand that. But when you continue to remind us that this is all bullshit um, because you're doing these absurd things that, you know, just wouldn't be realistic uh, when you're shooting with somebody. Nothing's realistic. I'm going to go ahead and suplex somebody. It's supposed to be made... As real as possible as you can get, because obviously the curtain has been fucking, you know, lifted. We know what goes on or whatever in the business. The part that's supposed to be real, and this is where I think this is where I'm not saying I know exactly, but I think this is where the Bucks have their point of view. Within the ring, you do the best moves that you best you definitely can. You're gonna have a fight. There are portions of the match where you see that they're you know working a body part in a sense, you know. Matt's always fucking going for his lower back, but because he had back surgery. So that's always something that he's going to go to go to because he's had back surgery. Anyways, this is what he, the, their stories are more in the sense of, is it real behind the scenes stuff? Because they like to just do theater, bu- theater bullshit. I'll say bullshit. Cause I was already going to say it. Um, so it's behind the scenes. These guys are arrogant. These guys are the EVPs. They're doing whatever the fuck they want. And then you go into the ring, you hate them. And then hoping that the matches are going to be, um, that you're going to really think they hate each other within the ring. But you know that half the shit that they're doing in there is fake. They're trying to one up the other person because people know that wrestling is predetermined. So they're doing all these great fucking things. But the problem that I see, because I don't, I don't, love the bucks completely kenny omega i like way more than i like the bucks the bucks have an issue where they will wrestle random people and then treat it like a joke that i don't like Uh, i was just gonna say like so do i i like kenny more than the bucks but this is the issue um another reason is because of all the outside of the ring shit that was going on which fucking apparently the bucks were feeding Meltzer or the dirt sheets whatever um these things about Cabana that's all speculation because we don't really know that right okay let's say it's all true right because we're going over speculation right so in this situation guys like Dax Harwood are not going to be fucking feeding the dirt sheets some fucking thing that doesn't benefit them really just kind of makes somebody else look bad which um just wouldn't work right but the thing is those problems with the in-ring tension that they have with different styles i feel like that created an issue here and then somebody finally said something like page fucking provoking punk uh in that one promo where he went off the script but think about it cm punk is just a different guy when it comes to the wrestling business. Like, um, he's gonna say what he feels. 
Uh, he's not gonna fucking kiss nobody's ass. And okay. that's just how it's always been, right? Now, Dax Harwood is a similar guy, I feel. He'll say what he fe- wants, and at this point, if he gets fired or he gets buried, when his contract's over, him and fucking uh, Cash or whatever can go back to WWE because they're the best team in the world, arguably. Yeah. Um, and Triple H is in charge now, which were his guys. Everybody else, apparently, because according to the reports, the whole locker room was against CM Punk and this and that. Um, they need a fucking job, and they want a job. Um, and they feel like if they fucking take the Buck side and Omega, that you know they can fucking save their jobs. That's just how, my opinion on this speculation, right? That okay, but back to like the original question of the whole thing. Um, so. I see that that Harwood saying that Punk had the door open, all that stuff, giving giving out, you know, information, uh, you know, uh, fucking advice, guidance. Okay. Now, Paige being the one that said that he was stubborn, didn't listen. Um, like he'll listen to you, but him actually doing what you're telling him to do um, may not happen because he's stubborn and he's gonna do what he wants to do at the end of the day. I don't feel that Hangman Page should have been targeted by Punk the way he was. Um, just because I feel like even with all this um, elite bullshit that's been happening, he seems like he's the furthest away from it. I feel like he's only getting pulled in to their bullshit just because he went off script that one time. And if I'm being honest, him going off script was the only reason why that feud even got interesting. Because that feud was garbage. Really, though? Because I, I didn't know. Like, did we know that he went off script when Paige we did? Didn't even, we didn't even know. We were like, I, I remember. I remember. Yeah, we were both saying that's weird. But at the same time, we we're both like, but that's the most interesting thing that's happened. Like, that's actually got me more excited for the match than anything else that they had done prior to that. Right. I remember us specifically talking about that. I mean, it's on record, too, because we talked about it on here. But didn't it come out, like, when Punk called him out? It, that's when it kind of, like, yeah, came that's, out? That's when, it, that's when I heard about it. Maybe it was after the fact, but I don't remember really hearing about it. Because after their feud, he Adam Page just kind of, like, went away, as he does, um, and just started, you know, teaming with Dark Order. And then once mm-hmm. CM Punk called him out, I was like, oh, it's all this backstage heat from all this shit. And I'm like, what What the fuck? And then when they were saying that when Adam Page uh, was being disrespectful, and I was like, what did he say? And then I finally heard the interview with him talking about how he's stubborn. Because that's what he was saying. He was saying he was stubborn. He wasn't saying that, oh, I'm never going to listen to anybody. It's just that, you know, I'll listen to you. It just... Um, I'm not going to do what you say because I'm stubborn like that. At the end of the day, I'm going to do what I want to do. So he's stubborn. He's a stubborn young kid. You don't think CM Punk was the same way, you know? So I felt like it almost seemed like Punk was hurt or upset because he is supposed to be the top guy. And this one other kid who was quote unquote, a top guy in AEW. I mean, he was the world champion. Um, I guess. I mean, they were grooming him from the beginning, to be honest. And they pulled the trigger too late. Should have won it in the summer of last year. 
and then he didn't win it till the fall. So. Apparently, that was his fault, his call too, because he wanted to go home for the birth of his child. So can't blame him. Um, but anyway, okay. I think that's what happened. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. That's what happened. He he went home and became a dad, which is great. We love that for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, he works I, once a week. Yeah, he does work once a week. But it's yeah. the same because it's the travel. It's like, where does he live? Does he live in Florida or does he live elsewhere? And to go back uh, and forth, back and forth. Fuck, I don't know. Virginia, hey. apparently, or wherever the fuck he's from. And let's say he isn't working once a week like most people aren't in AW because they have to they pick up different places and honestly i think it's good that they pick up you know shows in different places because um the one thing you hear about from these guys these older uh guys who've been in wrestling is all it's all about reps to get better and if you're wrestling once a week you're not getting enough reps especially if you're not on fucking dynamite every fucking week anyways yeah regardless um i just don't feel like with that information from what Dags Harward is saying and what happened between Punk and Hangman, I just don't feel like Punk handled that situation well. At least since we're going off speculation, that's all speculation, but if we put those pieces together, does it seem like Punk handled the Hangman situation well? And I don't think Hangman has anything. Like, I know everyone wants to blame, like, oh, Hangman is the start of this all. He's the reason why um, he's the reason why we have um, that this whole elite backstage brawl thing happened. It's like, no, it's not. I don't think Hangman did anything other than put his foot in his mouth. He was young. He's still young. He did something dumb. But I don't, I really don't think he had anything to do with the elite. I've mentioned this before. Think about this. We didn't hear about Punk having issues with fucking the Bucks or Omega until, like, after Paige, you know, did that promo, went off the script on Punk before their match. Um, so, I mean, we didn't, he kind of just fucking took the lid off of everything, I feel. I think it's willfulness, though. Willfulness to not see it because what Hangman said was practically the same promo that Eddie Kingston said months prior to that. Eddie Kingston, when they when CM Punk and Eddie Kingston came together, but the only difference is, is that Eddie Kingston isn't aligned with the elite, but Hangman is. So that's the only difference because Eddie Kingston said the same thing. Like if you look back at that promo Eddie Kingston did against Punk the first time, the one that got everyone all excited, that's yeah. basically what Hangman said. But like I don't, yeah, you and you you're you're right on that, but. It's just different coming out of Eddie's mouth than, than Paige, I feel. Like, Eddie's like, oh, well, when Eddie says it, it's more like, oh, okay, well, that's Eddie Kingston, you know, just fucking talking shit. Um, you know what I mean? And when Paige did it, it was kind of like, well, that was weird. Like, was he really supposed to say, it? you know what I mean? Like, until all the speculation yeah. came out, and apparently he did go out script or whatever. So, um, yeah. I don't, like, I don't feel like it had the same effect. But now that when you compare it like that and you put it into perspective, I mean, um, I can see that for sure. So, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying that I don't. I really, at the end of the day, I think Hangman still has a lot of growing to do. But I think he's he's in a better place in terms of political bullshit around wrestling than the elite. 
I don't I don't feel like he actually does align with the elite that much anymore. I feel like the story that they had, there's some truth to that of him kind of distancing himself away from the elite. I feel like there's some truth within that. But regardless well, we would also for his future, so Yeah. I mean he's been gone again, so uh, who the fuck knows what he's <laughs> uh but that was it man um now let's go ahead and uh have a little bit more fun some of this stuff is fun <laughs> some of it's not um let's go ahead and dig in the dirt we found it! <laughs> all right so there's been an update on randy Orton. he's undergone successful lower back fusion surgery um that keeps him out of action for an extended period of time uh, some WWE said they'd be fortunate to have him back and such a long career and significance of his injury pairs up anyways. Um, but yeah, basically Randy Jordan uh, back injuries worse than what anyone actually thought. Now we're hearing that he had lower back fusion surgery also hearing that um, they are telling him not to wrestle. Uh, I'm not sure if they were telling him for like the rest of his life or significant amount of time um when do you think that he will be back or if he'll ever be back i don't know if it's the fact that i don't believe that this is the end or if it just hasn't hit me yet because this is one guy that i grew up watching since the very first time i saw a wrestling show he was you know a part of that company so um yeah man this one's crazy just kind of out of nowhere too like just had a great run with riddle you know fucking tag chance for a year or whatever so i don't i guess it's just over the years right that this is like this back injury it wasn't like a specific match or no nah, yeah i think it's i think it's been over the years if i had to pinpoint a pinpoint a point of time where this could have possibly started and gotten worse since then <laughs> and I could be completely wrong. I'm just, I'm just saying it because I remember it so vividly. But WrestleMania 30, remember that spot that he had with, um, with Daniel Bryan? He did an RKO on top of a table, and he landed right on top of a, uh, one of the monitors. I remember the spot, but I, I don't remember like him specifically landing on that. That's yeah. From like them just falling straight down, like monitor was like right, like around his lower back, like on his back. So, I mean, it could also just be wear and tear from the years of wrestling. I mean, doing the RKO, he's basically doing a bump to his back every single time he takes that, he does that move. Yeah, and this guy would not take um, much time off as you would see with other guys over the years, but... Yeah. And then that WWE schedule, just brutal. Um, I think it's so, leaned, yeah. I think it's leaned out a little bit more now. But, um, but I mean, he was when it was, yeah, you know, fucking full, full Boom. on. So booming. Yeah, he was a workhorse. I feel for the company. Uh, when you really look at it, um, that's been durable and has lasted over the years. So, man, um, I don't know. I always got a special place uh, in my heart for Randy Orton. This is my brother's favorite wrestler, always since the beginning. So, uh, those RKO moments, man, just gonna live forever just hold, uh, hold them so, off yeah. until next next year's rumble not this coming up rumble but the following year's rumble yes yes let him come back I'm and then in. fucking win it 
Because at that point, you already feel like, I guess this is it. We haven't seen him in a fucking almost two years at that point, I feel. Because we haven't seen him now since, what, May? Since, since after WrestleMania Backlash? I think, yeah, WrestleMania Backlash was his last match. And he even wrestled that match. I think he was just on the outside, wasn't he? He was on a six-man, actually. They It was uh, Roman and the Usos versus Riddle, Orton, and Drew McIntyre. Oh, okay, and, okay. Uh, Which I enjoyed that match. It was a main event six-man tag, like kind of weird so can't get mad at it it was pretty good it was fun it was fun Alrighty, let's hear from dumbasses today ryback had something to say uh God. the mgf would be a hard sell as cruiserweight champ let alone heavyweight champ triple h remember this guy will be 30 pounds lighter if he wrestled for you guys what the fuck is he on about i i know we're talking about it right now but we don't get fucking, uh, you know, million views or whatever. But why do people keep fucking putting him on these dirt sheets and reports? Like, who gives a fuck what this guy says, bro? This guy's a moron. He really is, but it's so funny. Dude, I, I still can't stop laughing. I, every time I see Ryback, I just think about the polls he did. Like, where should I go next? And retire. Was every single one of the, <laughs> the bots are getting me. I've got a new pull up. Uh, go go for it again. Retire. It's like damn, dude. Can't get it. Fucking take a hint. He was definitely trolling, man. But it's sad that he was doing that for for attention. Um, God, was too funny, man. It was too funny. I hate this guy, man. He's ridiculous, but I don't know what he's trying to say here. Uh, there were some people when I saw this that were saying, "Is he trying to say that that?" MJF is on steroids? Like, what exactly is he saying? Why would he be 30 pounds lighter if he wrestled for you guys? I don't get it. I guess he is saying that, man, because I don't know what else he'd be fucking talking about here. Because um, he said he'd be a hard sell as a cruiserweight champ. So they couldn't even fucking sell him so as he, a cruiserweight. He's just saying that he's small. And he's even smaller than a cruiserweight. And he'd be even smaller because he'd lose 30 pounds when he'd go to the... Ah, fuck right back. Anyway. for spawn, like... I don't know, dude. Who who really cares? I don't think... Triple H would never respond to him. Let's be real. He should just fuck him. Or he wouldn't even waste his time doing that, actually. So, yeah, this yeah. guy's a moron, man. This guy's fuck a fucking guy. moron. Now, on to goat news. Um, cute goat no noises. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> there's a funny, st funny story going on right now. Uh, Jimmy Wayne Yang reveals he accidentally got re-signed by WWE, WWE after trying to get laid. So basically what was happening, and this is what he is stating. I was just trying to get laid one night and there was a pay-per-view close by and this girl was trying to get tickets and do the whole thing. So basically he was trying to show off his clout with, with WWE buy this girl tickets for that pay-per-view it seemed and him showing up basically when he showed up into the fucking arena he crosses vince mcmahon you know who does the most fucking vince thing ever and here's the quotes of what he was saying jimmy where the hell have you been and jimmy was like you fired me vince what i did and he got busy he left Vince didn't even realize that he fucking fired Jimmy Wang Yang. That's... That's fucking gold. That's fucking crazy. Uh, 
Tony Khan wouldn't have fired him. He would have just stopped calling him, apparently. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he would remember, but he probably would not have ran into him. He would have saw him and then walked the other way. Like, oh, God, I fired that guy. That's, that's insane, but, I mean, just <laughs> the story was just fucking funny. So, he's not doing anything. I think uh, this was during the time of uh, Shawn Michaels' Spirit Squad um, feud. And so, since he wasn't doing anything, Vince calls him out to the fucking arena. Tells him to take a bump for Shawn Michaels. The dude's not even under contract. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. Him just trying to get laid. Being in the arena. Vince pulls him into the fucking... Into the arena. Has him do the, the fucking uh, table spot that Shawn Michaels did. I don't know if you remember. You know, the spirit squad would, like, lift him up. And then just fucking throw him onto the table. I don't believe I was watching at that time. You weren't watching during the spirit squad? Um, when I started watching, uh, Triple H got hurt like a couple months after that. Wasn't that during the Vince feud that the Spirit Squad was doing that? Yeah. With Sean? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't watching it. That's oh. like early 2006. Oh, damn, dude. You missed out. It was, it was horrible. I mean, I'm, I know which fucking, uh, toss you're talking about. I just don't remember them doing okay. it on Sean. I did watch some Spirit Squad, though. Yeah, well, they did end up. They did it on Sean, so basically, Sean wasn't comfortable doing the fucking uh, spot. So they got Jimmy Wayne Yang to fucking go in there, take the spot. After he takes the spot, Sean asks him, "How's it going? How was it?" And they're like, "Yeah, not too bad." And they fucking go. So after that, after him trying to get laid that night, which he fucking never did. Uh, God bless your soul, Jimmy Wayne Yang. Um, they call him to go to the next town, and then to the next town. Then finally, they fucking give him a contract. Like, how fucking crazy is that? All from just wanting to get laid. Dude, what a go. One time I ran into somebody like on Call of Duty. His, their gamer tag was Jimmy Wang Yang. I was like, let's go. And I, I remember telling him, like, you know what's up. He's like, fuck yeah. So, Jimmy that's Wang, fire, man. Jimmy Wang Yang's a fucking goat. I don't fucking care what anyone says. He's the fucking best. Let's. You remember his song or like more or less how it kind of sounded? It was just like some like country song. He would just come out there like fucking dancing, throwing his hat in the air. Oh my fucking god. Something American, wasn't it? Like, oh, something American. Was it? I honestly feel like it was kind of like um, Jeff Jarrett's fucking music. Um, so I'm, I actually go with it right now. It says, Call me all American. I'm a redneck through and through. What the fuck? I got my hat, my pickup truck, and my hound dog. He's named Blue. <laughs> Oh, this is the blind I remember. Some people criticize my way of life. Yes, I'm gonna have to punch someone tonight. Yes, I am. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's Jimmy Wayne Yang is the goat, but his song is not as good as Biscuits and Gravy. I'm just saying. Gravy, hey, bro. <laughs> What's that line after that? Made me a man. <laughs> 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 oh man, I fucking oh Jesse and Festus, bro. That brings back some fucking memories. Um, God. And before uh, we're gonna end this uh, little news segment, not really with a news segment, almost like a reveal. So a couple weeks ago, um, Dave Meltzer was reporting that William Regal only signed a one-year contract with AEW. Um, goes and saying when his contract is up, it would be no surprise of him going back to WWE, which I agree 100%. If you listen to his podcast, um, you would get that same feeling as well because, well, I mean, he doesn't have any ill will 
towards WWE. He didn't even have any ill will towards Vince McMahon. He was fine. But, I mean, Triple H was his boy. You heard that within his podcast. Now, this past week, MJF, uh, you know, finally cut his, his first promo back. Um, within that promo, what's going on? He turned on William Regal. He saw him. He knocked him down, dude. He's out. William Regal had to be, had to be, you know, taken out in a stretcher. Now Dan has not heard this or seen this. I have. Um, wanted to get his reaction, or you heard his reaction. He's pretty shocked. Uh, what do you think of that, man? I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm shocked as well. I thought this was just barely going. I thought it was gonna be fucking amazing, but yeah, dude. MGF turned on with Regal, and Regal got stretchered out of the building. Wow, that's um, that's crazy. I mean, this uh, this like had I was hearing comparisons of potentially being like a Roman and Heyman thing, but um. Well the, well, the thing is, MJF never needed Regal. I mean, uh, that was one of the things that they brought up when, you know, this happened. It was a crazy fucking ending to the pay-per-view. Amazing ending. Um, but again, I guess this just kind of proves or continues that story of um, he's the devil, you know, like... He did bring that up. He brought that up in the with, like, a little bit of the promo after he punched him. He trusted the devil and he told him the same thing that he told him back in the day and it was crazy wow i mean i don't know where now to even think where this is gonna go i was interested to see how it would even go with regal now now i just got swerved here so i'm wondering now at this point if they're doing this because regal wants out and he wants to go back to wwe but then why would you have done what you did at full gear? I mean, unless just to shock us again. Maybe. Maybe it was a shock. Maybe it was to set this up for him to get turned on. Because he wasn't going to get turned by the Blackpool Combat Club. You know? I mean, yeah. But then, what happens with Moxley then? And that whole thing they did. Yeah, I don't know. It's fucking crazy shit, man. I have no idea. Maybe they feel sentimental about him. Who knows? Do the same thing that they did with Brian Danielson because he got, he tried to trust someone who was not a, not a friend. But um, I don't know, man. Anyways, I think Regal does want to go back to WWE. Um, I didn't even know this, but apparently his son is actually in NXT. Regal's son. Yeah, Regal's son is. I didn't in even NXT. know he had a son. Um, I knew he had a son. I didn't know he was in NXT though. I knew he was wrestling too, but I just didn't know much. I think I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know a lot about it. But apparently, yeah. Michaels is the Booker of the Year in NXT. So you know, maybe they can fucking send him away. Wait, what? Shawn Michaels uh, um, Booker of the Year? <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely sarcasm because apparently Shawn Michaels is booking that rotten show of NXT. I know. Uh, and. That show needs a whole rebrand uh, again, so William Regal will probably do that again at some point. I feel, um, or the main roster Triple H could have him as like a right hand man there, man. Maybe creatively. Uh, there, there are some um, speculations that he'll go and have a backstage role um, within the company. But who For knows, sure. man? Regal enjoyed what he did, and he liked working with Triple H. Like he really did enjoy what Triple H was doing. 
And if I you, would almost bet the house that he's going back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At, at this point, um, now if he has a three-year contract and he's not going to get out of it, then that could be different because I'm hearing also reports that he actually had a three-year contract. But who knows, man? We'll see. We'll have to see what happens um, going forward. Definitely, definitely a crazy event. Now, um, now that that's over, let's go ahead and talk about what happened this past weekend, uh, which was the Survivor Series War Games, um, the first of its kind in the main roster of WWE. Um, War Games event. When was the last War Games that happened um, for NXT? It would have been last year around this time as well. Um, it was like Team NXT 2.0. That's when they had just brought in the new uh, okay. uh, people. I think they had like two months in or some shit. So they had like Team Braun Breaker, the other young guys or whatever. I don't want to get too in detail, but they were facing like the the veterans, you know, Gargano, yeah. Champa. Yeah. So last year. All right, not too bad then, not too bad. So, this event, um, you know, it was, the build-up was okay. Uh, highly anticipated just for the fact that it was War Games. I think they were really banking on the fact that it was War Games for the first time in the main roster, that they didn't have to really build up too much. Um, right. They, of course, did build up pretty well for this for the main event as Kevin Owens was announced as the mystery partner for the... For Sheamus and the Brawling Brutes, Brawling Brutes with uh, McIntyre, so that was really huge. Um, they ended up winning the advantage uh, going into War Games on that Friday night SmackDown, which was pretty interesting. Um, Kevin Owens actually got Sami Zayn uh, ejected from ringside, and then did a stunner to Jay Uso, who got pinned, I think, by McIntyre. I think the match was a, was McIntyre and Jay Uso. So I'm like that. Pretty good, pretty good buildup in terms of a last show, I feel. Um, now let's go ahead and, and get into it. So the first actual match in the War Games uh, pay-per-view, Survivor Series pay-per-view, was a women's War Game match. Uh, so just to give a little bit of lay of the land, uh, we got the first women's team. And this is weird. This is probably the first Survivor Series in a while where it wasn't SmackDown versus Raw. Respectively, the the you could argue that the main event was, but actually I don't even think you can. But it was weird. So the main the women's um, war games match had Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, and Mia Yim versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, Io Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley, with Bailey's team actually having the most experience in war games matches. I think the only person in uh, Bianca's team was Bianca that had any experience. Oh, Mia Yim, maybe? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I know Dakota Kai, definitely. I think they said she had like three appearances. I was like, damn. Dakota Kai, Eos Kai, because she did the same backflip, and Rhea Ripley. Right. Same spot, too. Same spot, yeah. Um, so, yeah, with this match, um, we had some good... I get that people like war games, but this one, I don't know, man. The whole like waiting to for the last person to come in until someone gets pinned. Ah, I guess if you're not really behind it, it's kind of boring. <laughs> uh, yeah, they should do like pin attempts, like 
It's like, oh, I could all be over, even if it doesn't end there. Or something. I don't know. Do I feel that. like there has to be something in between, or maybe even less time. Five minutes in between, maybe like two or three. Wasn't it three after after the first one? It's the first one's five, and then the rest are three. That's what I understood. No, it's five for each one. Really? Yeah, dude. Five minutes in between each one, so it's, I'm not gonna lie. I was falling asleep in this match because shit doesn't really start going crazy to the very fucking end. Um. There are some pretty decent spots in here. Uh, Nikki Cross ended up bringing in all the fucking weapons under, from under the ring. Uh, Mia Yim also uh, brought in some some deals. The big spot that kind of um, that happened, of course, Eosky doing the backflip off the top of the cage. Um, the bigger spot was actually the ending of it, which was Becky Lynch um, hitting a, a leg drop from the top of the cage to win the match, pinning, I believe, Eosky. All in all, this match though, it was okay. It wasn't too bad. It was whatever. It was, yeah, it really was whatever. I, I really could have done without seeing it. There was no, didn't seem like there was any big stories that were coming out afterwards. What was really fun to see was just EO Sky and Asuka going at it, which I, I really hope that they have a feud someday. Right. Their their interactions beforehand was fucking gold. That time when they were just like yelling at each other in, in Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the one with the subtitles. It was even better. Yeah, I, I think we talked about this with Butters or some shit. Yeah. Uh, that shit was funny. Oh, I love that. But this match was whatever. Uh, and I think it's because like with the bloodline, it's like a whole faction. Like, And it's a bunch of guys that want to take down that faction. Yeah, it's fucking street. damage control. Right, damage could try like four members. You know that could have been better, but it also the bullet line was, you know, fucking. It was building for for a long time. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, damage control just became a thing. Um, I guess Nikki Cross kind of made it interesting, honestly. Even though uh, her work uh, before she came back as Nikki Cross has just been terrible. Um, but yeah, man, this match was whatever. Rhea looked like a badass to me in this match as always um, she's a beast I, I, it was kind of weird that they threw in the Mia Yim and Rhea Ripley shit um, there towards the end there but uh, I don't know man it, it was whatever to me it, they should have just done one war games match uh, promote the fuck out of it everybody's waiting to get to the main event finally for war games like I don't know they could have done that yeah so. they could have had like two or three two other matches in place of this one instead they could have had you know the same ass match that they've been having bel-air oscar alexa bliss maybe becky lynch also versus bailey dakota kai eosky and nikki cross in a just a four-on-four match fuck it right and, or- and think about this way what made them the nxt ones great well this is more of the men's it was because that was like the undisputed arrows match like every year they were on it, and it was only four on four. Like to your point, that it was taking forever. If it was a four v four, the match would have been shorter, or it would have felt shorter as well. So they that's another made, element. They should have made this match just a, a traditional Survivor Series match instead. Elimination, yeah, like a tag. Yeah, they should have just made this yeah. one the 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 traditional Survivor Series match. I understand what they're doing. Like you know, I remember, 
they, but there doesn't need to be two different war games matches in one. They could have shined in a just right. they should have gotten the only traditional Survivor Series match, which would have been perfect. I don't think they needed the war games match. Um, especially something like war games that really should only be one match. But along with the most fucking interest, which is the bloodline, obviously. So yeah. you you keep the tradition alive too of the traditional tag match. Yes. Um, but I'll, yep, like we said, it was what it was, not to get into it too long. The next match on the card was actually Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, which was, it was good. It was a great match. Balor. Balor, Balor. You said Balor. Uh, wiener. Uh, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Um, I thought it was cool how they ended up turning this into something where no one was going to interfere. Um, you know, of course there was going to be interference. They had their boys outside the ring. Uh, the judgment day always has interferences. So turning this into like, okay, this is just going to be one-on-one AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. How are we going to do this? Oh, we're going to interfere one time. And then the OC is just going to take out both. Um, fuck. What's that dude's name? Dominic Mysterio. And how am I, how am I forgetting his name? Damien Priest. Damien Priest. That dude. Wow. The guy with the very deep voice. Um, the crazy deep voice is insane. But yeah, they yeah, he does. They fought outside the ring into the crowd and they were never seen again. Great back and forth match. Um, AJ Styles the whole time trying to get the calf crusher on um on Balor. Uh honestly, a great match. I, I, I don't think this is gonna be the end of it. It's only be the beginning. But an awesome match. AJ Styles takes the takes the win. Uh, what did you think of this match? Um, I thought it was a great match. But do you feel like it could have been greater? Like, do you feel like maybe there could have been more? Honestly, I kind of felt a little bit like I wanted more. Honestly, um, if it just straight up started off as like a one on one match, I think it could have been great. Uh, great tour. What could have been. A little, it's just building. I feel like if they have like a couple more matches, it's gonna be even better. I feel like this is a great start to some awesome matches. And hey, this is AJ Styles' first uh, pay per view win in like a year, over a year. Yeah, man. I'm surprised he actually won because Balor beat Edge. Well, I mean, it was a weird finish, but um, the Judgment Day for the most part has been like dominant. Winning their their rivalries for the most part, I think. But uh, yeah, man, I was surprised AJ won here. But yeah, good match. Not right, too much to say. Yeah, and then uh, we have our bathroom break. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi versus <laughs> for the SmackDown Women's Title. I will not lie, I did not watch this match. I had skipped it. I didn't watch Survivor Series War Games um, live, so when it came to actually watching it, I skipped the fuck out of it. Well, you were fortunate enough to not watch this because this was... I wish I had gone to the bathroom, but... Um, fuck, man. This match was horrible. Uh, Ronda wasn't selling shit. Made Shotzi look terrible, which I kind of feel bad for her. Uh, but this just kind of proves that Charlotte Flair carried that fucking rivalry earlier in the year. Um, because I actually thought that I Quit match was good. Remember we talked it about it? I was like, this was kind of better than I thought. Um, but now, 
Does she not like Shotzi? Does she not want to sell? Is that a thing? Or is she just the shits because she's the shits on the mic? Doesn't come off natural at all. I don't know, man. That first run she had was special. Like, I guess because she was working the heel. Um, she wasn't really selling for anybody for the most part. Uh, like, she wasn't fucking, um, how do you say it? Like, she was not really putting over anybody at all until she finally lost the title. So, she always looked dominant. But here, like, she, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know. I have not enjoyed Ronda Rousey since she came back, man. Yeah. This year has been terrible for her. Yeah, I I was not for her. I, I am not one of the people that, that wanted Charlotte Flair to even leave. I, I do not complain that she has the title because I feel like she deserves it. They point out anyone else that's better than Charlotte Flair, and I'll say, fucking go for it. Give her the give him the belt. I don't think anyone is even there. There are people that are fucking like there, yeah, okay. I'm not gonna say no one is there. <laughs> Cause you have Becky Lynch. Bianca Belair is fucking right getting right there. Fucking Bianca Belair is right fucking, there, man. Fucking amazing. Rhea Ripley's coming up. Um Raquel Rodriguez is a force to be working with for the future. She's definitely not there, but she's going to be. Uh, Bailey is there uh, with her character. Sasha Banks, when she's here, she's there. <laughs> but um, Charlotte Flair is the top of the mountain. If you have only Charlotte Flair on the SmackDown roster, there's no one on the SmackDown roster that can go up against Charlotte Flair. Nobody. I can say no. that for a fucking fact. Everyone else is on Raw. <laughs> I agree, and I love Liv, but bet fuck, man, what the fuck happened there? Um, yeah, she never, she was never meant to be champion. I'm not a fan of Shotzi, and I've said it, but I just feel bad for her here, man. It's terrible. She can do better. I've, I've seen her do better, but whatever. Anyways, next match, we got Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory for the United States title. Man, this, for me, has to be upset of the night. I did not see this fucking coming at all. Left fucking field, dude. Austin Theory winning the United States title. And it was a great fucking match. Wasn't bad at all. You had Bobby Lashley and fucking Seth Rollins both knocking out um, Austin Theory from the very fucking beginning. Kind of giving you that feeling like, ah, man, Austin Theory's getting the shit in the stick all over again. There was a kind of cool spot where... Lashley had both of them in a hurt lock, which was fucking, kind of weird, but kind of cool at the same time. Um, now, at the end of the match, I thought that that Theory had it when he was going to... When I think uh, Rollins hit Lashley with a fucking uh, curb stomp, but then he threw out Theory. How the fuck did it end? Oh, that's right. So he hit him with a curb stomp, threw out Theory. He tried to pin him, but didn't go... So Rollins um, and Theory, Theory ends up going to the top. Rollins jumps up, does the fucking suplex. Then he gets him up for a Falcon Arrow. And Lashley fucking suplexes him. I'm not suplex. Lashley fears him. As they fall, Theory then gets on top of um, Rollins for the pin. One, two, three. And that's it. Theory is now our United States champion again. Uh, how did you feel about this one, man? How did you feel about that win? I I wanted that to happen, but I didn't see it coming either, man. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen, but just because everything that's happened with Theory and um, 
I think what Triple H was trying to do was kind of get rid of that kind of narrative that he's been given everything by Vince and this and that. So I think like making him lose that briefcase the way he did kind of brought him back down to like, okay, now you got to go and earn it. I think that's what kind of Triple H was shooting for. Um, and honestly, man, fuck it. The briefcase, it came, it went. Oh, well, let's fucking move forward. John Cena lost that shit, too. So um, who gives a fuck? Uh, Corbin also. And, you know, he's not doing too bad these days. But um, yeah, man, this isn't the worst thing in the world. He's going to go to the fucking top. And I believe it, man. This was a great match. This was the best match of the night besides the main event. So, so this was definitely great. And I agree with what you're saying that, you know, uh, they wanted him to lose that. He's not just given everything. I also think, yeah, it, it, in a sense, this it's like the same thing I'm about to say right now. I think Triple H just wanted to get him out of that stupid gimmick. It wasn't a stupid gimmick. I think he just didn't want him in that gimmick that he did not create for him and wanted to put him in something new, something different. So I think that's kind of what Triple H was doing. And that mindset that he has now of like, like, fuck everybody like he's just gonna fucking go out there and show that he's not a bitch like theory so i like that new attitude that he has going and they had him losing they i think they had him lose to gargano and like uh ko beat him a couple of times i think on raw so like riddle. uh riddle okay so like he was dropping matches like he was put doing the job for everybody uh when he had the briefcase and then for moments like what are they doing but now here we go. Like, I knew Triple H was not going to fucking bury this guy, man. Come on. He brought him back to NXT when they had moved him up to Raw during COVID. And that didn't work out. He was like Rollins' fucking disciple or whatever. Um, so I knew that Triple H was not going to fucking do that. Come on, man. Yeah, I, he, was, he was put into that as a, I think, just because of COVID. But, um, yeah. Anyways. Moving on to the main event. Yeah, that was, I didn't come in with that. To the main event. There we go. Well, looks like we've had enough talk. It's time for the main event. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the men's war games match. We got the bloodline, Roman Reigns, the Usos, Sola Sikoa, and Sami Zayn going up against Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, and the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Butch, and Ridge Holland. Um, Butch and Jey Uso started the match, and we go right away with Butch going for the fucking, um, what do they call it, limb manipulation? I don't, I don't think they call it that. Anyways, uh, great little back and forth uh, just started off, and then I believe uh, KO's team, or I'm going to say KO's team, KO's team had the advantage, uh, so Ridge Holland came in right after that. Interesting thing that happened once uh, the bell rung for the next person to come in. Uh, Jimmy Uso was all ready and uh, he's about to jump out of there. And fucking Roman stops him, points at Sami Zayn, tells him to go in. Sami Zayn goes in, of course, uh, starts helping him out. But then you have the back and forth between uh, Sami and, and Jay. Uh, Jay, of course, does not want to work with Sami. He's still reluctant in that. Uh, they go back and forth. I think the next member who actually comes in was McIntyre. Uh, after McIntyre, I believe it was Sola Sokoa. 
and then it was KO. Uh, yeah. KO was not the last one, was he? I don't think you. I think Sheamus was the last one. Yeah, they're playing so, like a Sheamus Roman match, I think. I think so too. But actually, they I think they were, but I think now rumors are saying that it's going to be KO that's going to get the next uh, title shot. I think Sheamus will get a run in between. I mean, uh, not a run, a fucking title match in between now and the Rumble because it's like two months away sure. from you, Survivor Series. You're probably right on that one. So we have KO coming in after KO comes in, then it's. Um, oh, then it's Jimmy Uso. There you go. It was uh, Drew McIntyre came in. Then it was Jimmy Uso. Then it was KO. And then it was Solo Sokoa. Which Solo Sokoa and KO had a little bit of a stare off, which was actually pretty fucking cool. <coughs> then we had Sheamus coming in. And then finally, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. Uh, a cool spot that happened when they did the. I forget what it's called exactly, but when they all kind of did the the chest beats on, on the bloodline. Uh, that was that's the only thing I didn't like about the match, man. You didn't like it? I liked it. Hey, when they do shit like that, like it just makes everything look fucking phony. I, I'm sorry, but it does. Like it's fun for the live crowd. But dude, come on. This looks phony. Come on. I don't know. It it's it's wrestling, dude. What the fuck you think is gonna happen? More than ten also like like <sighs> They're also in a cage match and no one's bleeding, so Oh, come on. Don't do that. I'm not saying nothing about it. I don't give a shit. I'm just saying you're going to have a cage match with all those weapons and no one's going to bleed. Nope. I'm not going to have no blood. All right. That's I'm fine. In, it's, a, it's a PG show, apparently. Okay. Okay. Well, it's fucking wrestling. It's fun for them to do the fucking beats. Everyone was looking for it anyways. So you think because they're not bleeding, it's fucking phony? No, I don't give a shit, actually. I'm just talking uh, about how stupid that sounds. Uh, it, it, okay, dude, and it makes the bloodline look fucking weak. Like, they really got all five of y'all fucking getting pounded yeah, on. fucking heels. That, that's what they're supposed to do. But they're, they're not chicken shit heels. They're not. They're supposed yeah, to look how like this horse. How often do you see Jay and Jimmy actually be getting on top of any of these guys? Getting the one up. Getting heat? Yeah, I see that. Maybe not on Drew. I'm just saying it could happen for two seconds because it only happened for two seconds. And after that, the match went on. So it's not that big a deal. We won't get into this issue, but another issue is that the Usos always look like fucking bitches against anybody that Roman's feuding with. Like... They never get any offense on any of those guys. Like when they're feuding with Drew, he make he fucks them up every time. Just makes them look like, you know, a fucking scrub team or lackeys when they're also the best team they have in the company. So, well, I'll just say that they were doing that and it was pretty bad. But I think with adding Sami Zayn, it's helped them because now they have a reason why they can't get any offense because Jay was always fighting with Sami. It's a change now, so we got to see what happens on uh, this coming Friday. So, but I'm just saying, Sammy helped with that. Dude, Anyways. Roman looked like a beast, bro, just sitting there in the fucking cage um, waiting. Dude. collected. Okay, before we get to, like, the ending stuff, mm-hmm. he, remember when he told um, 
uh, it was going to be J- Jimmy who was going to go out, and then he... He stopped him. Remember, he stopped him. Jimmy was like, oh, I'm going to go out, and then he stopped him. He was like, nah, this ain't you. It's going to be Sammy, and Sammy and Jay are basically... Basically, he was saying Sammy and Jay are going to have to learn to work together right now. And that's what happened. I love that, bro. Great storytelling. Great. great shit. Then at the very end of the whole fucking thing, we had Roman um, start laying out some people. Then he started getting into some trouble with Kevin Owens. Sammy came in, uh, stopped the pin because I believe he hit the stunner on Roman. He was about to do get the three count. Sammy stopped the pin. KO couldn't believe it. Uh, I believe he got distracted with somebody else, and then Sammy goes in for the low blow. Then we get yeah. a super. Then we get a Superman punch, or was it a fucking super kick? It was that fucking Haluva kick, wasn't it? When he 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 fucking hits KO in the balls, and then doesn't he fucking do a Haluva kick? He does do a Haluva kick, and then it goes into like I think a Roman spear, and then a one two three. Yeah, but KO had Roman beat in the middle of the ring. You know what? Like before Sammy fucking. Yes, uh, when he stopped the. It was great. It was some great shit, and uh, man. And then at the very end of it all, Jay pick Jay starts embracing Sammy Zayn, and now, now the bloodline is in a place where they're all in sync and together. But for how long? We'll have to see. What happens going forward? Of course, the storyline has continued with with KO and Sami Zayn. Yeah, that storyline is very prominent right now. Uh, we, of course, there are some rumors right now, reports that KO will have the next match at Rumble against Roman. And apparently, I don't know, I mean, it's a long ways away. Could still happen. Uh, Sami Zayn is going to get his shot against Roman at Elimination Chamber. Now, do you think he's going to have his shot one-on-one or inside the chamber? Um, I think it's going to be one-on-one. So this is what I hope happens, which would be great. Think about this. The lead-up to Rumble... He should definitely beat Sheamus maybe like in two weeks, you know, because he Roman didn't defend the title in this pay-per-view, so he has to he's owed a, a defense here, I feel. So mm-hmm. he can beat Sheamus and then they can finally stir towards fucking KO uh being the next one up. But this is the time, midway from here to the rumble, where they finally fuck up um Sami Zayn to piss off KO. So even though all that happened at War Games, now KO is like going into the Rumble. It's fucking personal. We haven't seen Zayn since he got beat up. Once he takes out fucking KO, the lead up to Elimination Chamber will start where Sami Zayn will come back super fucking over. And then the match is going to be in Montreal at Elimination Chamber. Boom, dude. Of course, Roman will win. Um, oh, or if he doesn't. What, is, what is Zane wins, bro? Dude, honestly, throughout this whole entire reign of Roman reigns, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have not seen anyone that I feel should ever should beat him. Not one of his opponents I ever felt that they should have beat him. 
But if they were to put Sami Zayn up against Roman Reigns, I think Sami should go over. I think Sami should fucking win. And if you were to win in Montreal, remember the last time they were in Montreal? The fucking pop Sami got? Yeah, man. Damn. And it's a... I, I want to compare it to this. I don't know if you'd agree, but Eddie Guerrero won the WWE title like a month or a half, whatever, before WrestleMania. So we've seen it in WWE where like that last pay-per-view before the big show, something like that happens. And we remember that being a big moment. Like this could be a similar situation. You don't really see it coming. And think about this. Well, they should have separated the titles already, bro. Like, Seth Rollins should have gotten the WWE title. Um, at, they should have figured some way out because Cody Rhodes would have been the guy to beat Roman. But we know how they ended that fucking, uh, before Cody left, you know, yeah. hit him. So we know that's going to happen at some point. But how are you going to do that now also? Because Rollins is super Over. fucking right now so I don't know how they're gonna do that man but <sighs> Roman could lose the title here and set up the match with The Rock which doesn't need the fucking title and then after The Rock Roman can try to get his title back from Sammy or I don't know what they'll do or maybe Sammy, Roman Sammy defends it at Wrestlemania against somebody maybe, maybe even against KO <sighs> um, I mean I don't know how it's going to be, but if we were to say that Sammy wins at Elimination Chamber, I think he, Sammy wins at Elimination Chamber if Rock is coming back. And if Rock is coming back, what's going to happen is that in between Elimination Chamber and uh, WrestleMania, Roman's going to get his rematch against Sami Zayn, and The Rock is going to cost him that match. I think, actually, now what would make the most sense for Roman to lose against Sami Zayn is not in a one-on-one -on -one match, but Sami Zayn actually gets into the actual elimination chamber what if and what if it just a what if what if the elimination chamber is set up where roman gets jay a spot in the match but right before the match starts jay um sammy zane pulls an edge and knocks out jay and takes his spot in the match and then wins it all Ooh. Like, what if, like you said, Sami Zayn gets taken out by the bloodline, whatever the fuck, but he returns that night at the Elimination Chamber to knock Jay out of that match to put himself in? That that could be great. And setting up, like, uh... Man, that, that would be good. Would he win the, the title eventually? He, he would win... Sami Zayn would win the title at the Elimination Chamber because, I mean, there's no way that he's winning against Roman without a whole bunch of help. You know what I mean? So Roman could have gotten beaten, battered within the match or whatever the fuck. Uh, let's let's say that some some turn of events, they have him going in at number one. So his backup plan so that he could win was to put Jay in the match. Dude, that that could work as well. That that would also make sense. Um, it would, yeah, make more sense. And then he gets his rematch against Sami Zayn, but he loses because the Rock. The Rock interferes. And they just do KO Sammy at Mania. Uh, you know, you fucking... I haven't forgot what you did at War Games. Like, Yeah, what if he does the same fucking suplex to the apron that he did to him when he won the NXT title? Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. So basically, KO goes like 
full fucking heel because Sammy just won the title. And KO can do that. It's so easy for KO to flip, flip from fucking face to heel without anyone giving a bat of an eye like fucking if, if it was Big Show. And it'd be like, I did it to you again, like... Yeah. After he wins the title. I'm just uh, saying, that would be uh, fucking man. fire, dude. It'd be fire. I don't know what they're gonna do, like... No, we don't. Like, where's Cody? Like, and then with other things, man, I mean, rumors of Cena... And this well, Cena, and that. rumors of Cena is going to be with Siri, so that's kind of outside the realm of a main event. But know? it's going to be an interesting next couple of months, man. Like this is going to be a big half a year coming up for WWE. I feel. Yep, very much so. And with that, we're going to go ahead and end the show. Um, usually, we have something else after a review, but I feel like we pretty much took up everything in the beginning. <laughs> but um, man fun show uh can't wait for the next one uh this is the let's wrestle podcast follow us on twitter at the at let's let's wrestle pod check us out um link tree in the bio show you different ways to listen um yeah man peace and fuck you Jericho, for your 6v6 war game matches fucking ridiculous i enjoyed them they're terrible bye i enjoyed them (laughs)